0: Welcome to Around the Table. Sometimes practices are so long-standing, we've forgotten the reasons why they were established. So when questions are raised, it's an opportunity to examine our positions. Such is the case with tying church membership to baptism. Are there good and biblical reasons for this? That will be thoroughly examined in this two-part series. Have you ever wondered why we make a connection between baptism and church membership? Many people have asked that question, and I'm really privileged today and blessed to be able to explore this subject with two other brothers, two other elder brothers. My name is Nick Gutwein. I'm from the West Lafayette Congregation. I'm John Wiegand from Silverton, Oregon. And I'm Frank Souter from Roanoke. Thank you, brothers. And, and Frank, you know, we, uh, we were really uh, blessed by listening to a talk you made, and we're going to share that with our listeners here. Today, around this subject of baptism and church membership. And so, I think before we get started, it would be nice just to hear your, some of the drivers behind why you, why you uh, picked this topic. And I think it even came up before COVID. So, just explain that to us a little bit.
1: For some time, I've gotten questions um, from different individuals. Why does our church tie baptism to church membership? Part of that is because there are some churches in our area that do baptize without requiring membership. To be honest, even as I go back in my own life, when in my university days, when I came under the conviction of needing to repent, I questioned whether I should uh, become a part of our church or another church. I just knew that I needed Jesus. And I questioned What is the importance of belonging to a church? Is that important? And I find today some people feel like, yes, I want to follow Jesus, but I'm not ready to be tied into a church. There's just too many strings attached to that, to church membership. And why can't I just be a follower of Jesus and not become a part of a local body?
0: I've heard that question as well locally. It's come up from others trying to figure out how to navigate their path. And it actually occurred to me a little bit differently. My engineering mind digs into this, how to decompose the set of concepts that we're working with and trying to minimize the coupling. So my intuition was to pull them apart. And I really appreciated your message, Frank, in helping me think through this. Yeah, I, I actually had the same experience, uh, John. I growing up for me, first I have this this thinking anyway that in my generation, I'm in my sixties. When I grew up, it was just like, okay, I want I needed Jesus. I, I I felt my sin, and it just seemed natural to me. Okay, I was baptized, and I was a member of our church, and we didn't question things as much. But I found in my in my shepherd role especially that today's youth kind of ask a lot more questions. Than we asked. And so as I got to thinking about it, I thought, yeah, I wonder why we do that. And I felt really, it was really helpful for me to hear your talk too. It's it's a teaching moment for us, but it's also an encouragement because it's just grounded on the word. And I think, I think it's going to help. I think it's going to really help to address that question. I'm assuming then for you too, Frank, you've heard that question more in recent years. It's not something that has been lasted for decades but it's is it a more recent phenomenon I would say
1: in the last five years or so that question seems to come up more often um, people just saying well can can you just baptize me in a lake somewhere um, yeah. or in a river um because I want to follow jesus but I just don't feel ready to be committed to any one
0: church yeah yeah well uh, we'll look forward to sharing this uh, listening to this together and sharing it with with our listeners. And then just so everyone knows, we're gonna come back with a second episode after this. And that episode is, we're gonna explore some of the concepts that you hear from Brother Frank in his talk.
1: To begin with, baptism and church membership are critically important to the life of the believer. But we need to understand that one, baptism and church membership does not guarantee salvation, and two, they are not required for salvation. They're important, critically important. So how do we know they don't guarantee salvation? We can see this in the book of Acts in the early church we have the account of Ananias and Sapphira. They were a part of the church at Jerusalem, the very beginning of the church. And Ananias and Sapphira lied. And in Acts 5, Peter said unto Sapphira, How is it that you have agreed together to tempt the Spirit of the Lord? Behold, The feet of them which have buried thy husband are at the door and shall carry thee out. Later on, we can read in the book of Acts, in chapter 8, about the church of Samaria. And Simon, the sorcerer, was baptized into that church. And later on, he wanted to purchase the power of the Spirit. And Peter said to him, Thy money perish with thee. Thy heart is not right in the sight of God. I perceive that thou art in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. So just because you're baptized, just because you belong to a church, it doesn't guarantee your way into heaven. Baptism and church membership, it's not required for salvation. How do we know that? Because the thief on the cross that was with Jesus, he was not baptized and he was not a member of the church. But Jesus turned to him and said, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. So let's think about baptism a little bit, and then we'll talk about being a member. Baptism. We believe that baptism is an ordinance by our Lord and Savior. Baptism is for those who come to faith to express their union with Christ in his death and in his resurrection. To be baptized, the Spirit has to open our eyes to who Jesus is. And we have to be willing to die to ourselves and let Jesus be Lord and Savior of our life. We need to repent. Repent of our own selfish ways and be transformed to become more like Him. Within Christianity around the world it is typically the local church which practices the ordinance of baptism. Baptism is not typically done by an individual or a parachurch organization. It's done by the local church. Now, the New Testament does provide an exception to this, because in Acts 8, we read about Philip baptizing the Ethiopian eunuch. It was just Philip and the eunuch there. There was no church. So in that situation, it was done by an individual and not tied To membership. For most churches, the majority of churches, baptism is tied to church membership. But there are churches who separate baptism from church membership. Within our church, if you're baptized here, in the Roanoke Apostolic Christian Church, you become a part of our local body as well as a part of our denomination. However, baptism is not always required for membership because we do bring believers into our church body without re-baptizing them. If they have made a profession of faith somewhere else and have been baptized and come here, they don't necessarily have to be re-baptized. Baptism is not the saving point, nor necessarily always the entrance into membership, but it's typically how we function as a church. So now let's talk about church membership. Membership is a loaded word. And the problem is we incorrectly see membership in terms of worldly terms. For example, I'm a member of different organizations. And to be a member, there are a level of commitments and there are benefits. I belong to Sam's Club. I'm a member of Sam's Club. We play a yearly membership, and we get our monthly benefit from it. I'm a member of the American Speech and Hearing Association. They require me to pay fees, too. But just paying a fee does not get me into that membership. I have got to have a degree from a, not any university, but a certified university in a certified program, and I have to show proof of continuing education every year for my membership to be maintained. Church membership is something quite different. Have you ever thought about where the term member comes from? Member. If you do a, a word search on the history of the use of the word member, for it to mean something like belonging to an organization didn't happen until the 1400s or 1500s. It is believed, and you can read it in different entomology sites, that member actually goes back to Scripture, the origins of what it means to be a member. 1 Corinthians and chapter 12, Paul uses the metaphor of a body with all of its members to explain how we relate to each other and to Jesus. This is really the origin of where member comes from and why being a member of a local body, of a church body, is important. So if you open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, I'd like to read just a few verses. First Corinthians chapter 12, beginning at verse 12. For as the body is one, and hath many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. And then he goes on to describe about the different functions of individual members of the body. And then let's um, move to verse 25 that there should be no schism in the body, but the members should have the same care one for another. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it, or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. So let's take a look at this verse by verse. Verse 12. For as the body is one and hath many members... And all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. Paul wrote this letter to a specific church, to the church at Corinth. And they were a dysfunctional church. They weren't operating together as a single body. And he wanted to emphasize to them that they were to be a body, one body. Christ being the head and the body being made up of various members that are to function together. So we are members of a body. Verse 13, for by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether it be Jews or Gentiles, whether it be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. They were baptized into the body at the Church of Corinth. We are baptized into this body and we are to be one. And our origin makes no difference. Jew, Gentile, slave, free. It doesn't matter where you came from. What matters is that the Spirit has worked in your life and opened your eyes to who Jesus Christ is. Then in verse 14 we read, for the body is not one member, but many. And he goes on to explain from 14 to verse 24 of how each part of the body, each member has a function, has a purpose, and needs to work together. Then in verse 25, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. So we, collectively, as a body of believers, we need to work together and to care for each other. Verse 26, And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it, or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. We share together in our sufferings, And our joys. And in verse 27, and now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. Even though we are distinct from each other, we are tied together in Christ. Christ is our head and we can only have Christ as our head if we're willing to be tied together into a body, to not be tied into a body is to be dismembered. Now, in our current culture, many people do not see a need to be a part of the body, and especially a part of a local church body. Why is this? We live in a non-committal age. We want to keep our options open. It's all about our freedom to choose, we don't want to be tied down into relationships for the long haul. But life as a lone ranger Christian is a contradiction to being a Christian. Unfortunately, our culture does not see being separated from a body of believers, as tragic. They view it as normal. But it is tragic. If you are not a part of the body, then you are dismembered from the body. A leg and an arm cut off. It's a tragic place to be. And in our nation, we have piles of dismembered body parts. We are to be a body knit together, as described in Psalm 139. Think of that psalm. It talks about a baby being knit together in the womb. Thou hast covered me from my mother's womb. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. In thy book, all my members were written, which is in continuance, were fashioned, when as yet there were none of them. It's God who places us together.
0: Thanks for listening. We'll be back with part two of this series in a couple weeks. Let us know what you think about Around the Table by visiting the user feedback forum found in the app Settings menu. Around the Table is a production of Onward Media, a communications ministry of the Apostolic Christian Church.